Hi, and welcome back to the Can Do MS podcast. This is part two of the Young Adult series. If you haven't listened to part one yet, please make sure to go back and check out the last episode. On this episode, we have both Channing Barker and Roz Kalb joining us once again. They'll be discussing how Channing's diagnosis at age 16 impacted her romantic life, what dating looks like today, and how MS has shaped what she's looking for in a partner. Hello, Channing. So I'm very excited to be here with you again. I've had the opportunity to talk with you before on a podcast, and I'm looking forward to our conversations about dating. Um, So could you tell us a little bit about yourself so that our audience can get to know you a little bit? Certainly, Roz. Of course, it's an honor to be with you again. So I was diagnosed in 2006 when I was 16 years old. I was a junior in high school and was completely caught off guard by this unknown disease. That was a very young time to be diagnosed. So I didn't really know what the future held, um, but I went on to live the life that I wanted to do. And I went to college. I went to college at the University of Arkansas. Um, I'm originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I graduated with um, a degree in political science and a degree in broadcast journalism. And I went on to take a job as a TV news anchor and a TV news reporter for about five years and was able to complete the job and do the dreams that I wanted to do um, with this disease. Just a little bit of life editing, I guess, along the way was what, what kind of I had to do, um, because when you're diagnosed with that, you know, you have to kind of shift a little bit. Um, and I just, you know, I, I, I live in Fayetteville, Arkansas still, and um, I have a dog who is precious to me and he's about five years old and I just bought a house and we enjoy hiking and being out on our trails and watching hockey. And, uh, I'm 30 years old. I just turned 30 in the spring. So I'm just loving life. That's wonderful. So I'm, I'm so glad you're here to share a little bit about your life with us. And what we're talking about today is dating <laughs> and the dating world's pretty complicated these days for everybody with or without MS. And, and I'm sure that living with MS adds some of its own challenges to that. So could you start by telling me how having a diagnosis of MS has impacted you starting back when you were a teenager? So how did it impact your social life back then? And then we'll work our way up to the mm-hmm. present. Yeah. So I think the best way to start off is to lay a foundation of the fact that I went to school with about the same 27 people um, in high school that I had gone to school with growing up. So I was very close to these people that I had um, that I was experiencing this diagnosis with. And they were very understanding. And this high school I went to was very, very tight knit. Um, And so when I was diagnosed, it was like the community really hugged us being in a larger area like Tulsa, it might feel like it's a large city, I guess, to some people, um, but it's actually very, very, very close, very, very tight knit. Um, So when I went off to college, it was this whole new world that I didn't really know anybody. And that was kind of my purpose was I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. And so I got to know people that were not from my area of the world. So I'll never forget my first date that I went on in, in college because I was very cognizant of having MS, but I also did not want to be labeled as the girl with MS, right? 
because when you have this rare disease, you don't want to have it label you throughout your entire life. And I was, um, my date dropped me, was dropping me off in front of my dorm. And I was using my handicap sticker at the time because in Arkansas in August, it is so very hot. It is dreadfully hot, especially to those of us living with this disease. And um, I remember this guy, um, we went to dinner and he was dropping me off and um, my car was parked in the handicapped spot. And he went through this process of asking me questions, kind of trying to eliminate why there was an Oklahoma car with my sorority letters parked in a handicapped spot. So is there anybody from your sorority that's lives in your dorm? No. Yes. And, oh, is she from Oklahoma? No. And then he said, so why is your car parked in a handicapped spot? And I just had no idea. I was so thrown off. And so I just told him I had asthma and I got out of my car. I mean, I got out of the car and I just ran off. And that's kind of like the moment I decided, okay, I got to figure out what I'm doing here. Um, and I don't really know that it's gotten easier, but I've definitely kind of put together a game plan in my head and decided how I approach it a little bit more openly. And I do think that vulnerability is one of the bravest features of our generation right now. And it opens up conversations. So you were clearly caught off guard <laughs> clearly, as a newcomer to the college dating scene. Now that you're an adult, mm -hmm. you must have some thoughts about what you're looking for in a potential partner. Has that been affected by the fact that you live with MS or has it just been affected by growing into an adult? Ooh, it's kind of twofold, right? So, mm -hmm. so one of the biggest symptoms with MS that I struggle with is fatigue and I try to push that to I pushed that to the side a lot in college because I didn't, again, didn't want to be labeled. So back in college, I, I didn't want that to affect me in my dating life. So I would stay out too late I, because I was trying to get to know everybody. Um, and now as an adult, I, that is very clearly one of my characteristics. Like I have to be, I want to be home by 10, you know, um, even if it is a Saturday night. Um, cause that lets be real after Friday, on Friday after work, you don't want to be out very late anyways, cause you're tired from the work day. So, um, I think in a partner right now, empathy has grown to be the very top factor because I think if you can find someone who has to, who you can live with, who you can be partners with in this world, and they have empathy, whether it be they have a disease they're working through or whether it be that they are struggling with something or that they know someone. So maybe empathy is not the correct term. Sympathy, that they're able to understand what you're going through and that they can accommodate that. I used to think it was, you know, religion or their political beliefs or their family dynamic, but I have, I've, that, that is quickly all dissolved and sympathy and being able to understand where I'm coming from has been my top characteristic. Um, and if they understand where you're coming from and that you're dealing with symptoms like fatigue and other things that challenge you, you need to be flexible with those symptoms. And I guess that means that they need to be able to flex with those symptoms as well and adapt to what's going on. So I think adaptability is actually a really good point that you're making, Ross. Um, and we both have to be very clear in what we're adapting to and why. And so putting together a very clear conversation of here's what I'm dealing with. Here's why. Um, because most people that you go on dates with don't know about MS or don't know a lot about it. And so it's my job to then educate them, um, which I take a lot of pride in. But I also have to be very clear in communicating with them. I'm not feeling well today, so I'm going to go home at 930 and I'm perfectly fine with you going to get that round of drinks with your friends and I do not take offense to it. Mm -hmm. And so there's just a lot of clear communication that has to happen in those points. 
Um, any events that happened along the way that you look back and really chuckle about? So I think the handi- yeah, I think the handicap sticker story is probably my my go to my go to dating story. Um, I have I, I went on a date one time that um, like it was like probably second or third, probably like our third date. I would say we were meeting up for yoga after work, and I hadn't told him about having MS yet. I just it just hadn't come up in conversation. Um, and I, he said, yeah, let's get it for yoga. Here's where the studio is. We're going to move it. Okay, great. So I get off work. I put him, you know, get there, get to the studio and he's already inside the studio. And, um, I'm like signing in and they said, okay, so you're signing up for the hot yoga class. And those of us with MS know that hot yoga is very discouraged, um, for a number of reasons. And so I love yoga, but I cannot function very well post hot yoga. So anyways, um, I was not about to stand down. I'm going to do this darn yoga class in the heat. So I went through it and I am not somebody who's pretty when they sweat either. I don't think most people are pretty when they sweat. Uh, I don't glisten for sure. But, um, and so, but I was really, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I did the hot yoga and I just, I would like chuckle to myself and said, like, just because the irony of the whole thing, you know, um, because it's one of those things that you have to have a clear communication about, like heat is very bad for me. I'm going to be fatigued after this. So work on Wednesdays would be very hard for me because I did hot yoga for an hour. You know, it's all about that clear communication from the get go. Um, granted, I don't know that I would have changed anything because I was so early on in our dating experience. But um, then after our uh, hot yoga um, class, we went to have um, dinner and at a pizza joint around the corner. And I said, I just kind of mentioned it laughingly like, Oh, so also I have this disease and heat is really bad. And I should have known at that point, cause we still, he still wanted to go to hot yoga that I should have known at that point that that was still a, that he didn't really get it. So I think getting it is also very key. Yeah. So didn't have quite that understanding that he might have to be flexible. Yeah. The flexibility. You, uh, you, you can't tell. Them yeah. Me. Yeah. So now when you're out with somebody, at age 30, mm-hmm. um, how do you decide what to share about yourself and when to share it? I think it's a very personal, very personal thing that you decide. Uh, I don't think you ever get it right. I don't think there's a, a book on how to date with an autoimmune disease or how to date with any struggle you're going through. Um, but I would say I'm guarded to a degree, but also I, I tell when it feels right. So I don't usually tell on the first date unless it comes up naturally. Um, I live in an area where I used to be a news anchor. So there's a, num- so there's a good chance that they know um, of my story for, before we meet mm-hmm. um, because um, meeting through friends, they usually know a certain amount about me. And I was very open about living with MS and TV and I'm very open about it on social media. So sometimes it just so happens that that vulnerability kind of works in my favor. And so we don't really have to ever talk about it. And two, when you're, you know, doing any online dating too, you have the person's name. And so then you can stalk their social media or whatever it is that you do. So there's, so there's a couple different things, but I'm, I would say I'm guarded about it to a degree. And also um, I, I would really strongly tell folks if somebody asks me for advice on dating with MS, um, that it's a very personal decision. And that once you, once you tell that piece of you, you can't really get it back. So, so think about it and put it in very clear terms, because I've learned that, that when I break down the barriers of what a complicated disease MS is, then someone else can relate to it so much 
so much better. I, instead of using complicated terminology, um, like we do in our doctor's office, that works much better. And again, going back to be very, being very clear about this is what doesn't work for me. Um, I think probably the best way I could explain it is, you know, kind of something that you've said, Roz, like if it was something that you would want to know from them um, on a third date, then that if you're, if you're sharing very important information about yourself on the third date, if they are sharing very important information about themselves on a third or fourth date, that might seem like a good timing. Yeah. So those of you who are hearing us tonight can't see uh, Channing, but I will share um, that she is a beautiful, healthy, um, outgoing person, um, very engaging. So people can't see the symptoms that challenge you the most when they look at you. Is it hard for people you go out with to understand all those challenges when you look so fantastic? Well, thank you. That is such a compliment, Ross. And that's funny because that's the one thing that I think we as MS, people living with MS, we always hear, oh, but you look so good. And um, I've had to kind of rein people in sometimes. And, you know, like that's sometimes like a backhanded compliment. Like we can fake it really well. Um, So yes, it's extremely difficult for a partner to understand those symptoms. Sometimes it works really much better in our favor if we like don't wear makeup or if we um, haven't showered in a few days. Um, but see no, the real you. yes, see the real you. Yeah, I'm not encouraging that, but I do think that's something I struggle with because you, when you do want to go on date night, when you do want to go to a nice place for dinner on a Saturday night and feel special, but you're so fatigued and your, uh, you know, your right side of your stomach is numb and you are exhausted beyond belief. Um, how do you communicate that to somebody that you don't know very well yet? So I, I can understand that. Do you think you've found some pretty good ways to communicate what people can't see? Or is that still something you're really struggling with? I think with the people I'm close with, I've been able to. And that didn't really happen until my late 20s. Because I tried to go, I tried to be like a yes ma'am to everything. And I finally had to set some boundaries. Like, I'm not going to go to dinner tonight. With, you know, I'm not going to make supper club tonight. I'm too tired. I also think it's a really good way to weed out the bad ones. Can you say a little bit more about that? <laughs> um, I think if someone does not understand, and not necessarily in a negative way to that person, but if they do not understand that you cannot physically be the best person that you want to be at that moment, they probably don't deserve you. So um, I would say that if they don't, I know there's a saying that's if they can't handle me at my worst, they certainly don't deserve me at my best. But I think too, it goes the other way as well. If they can't handle me at my best when I'm trying to be my best. They don't deserve the honor of caring for me at my worst, because I think that my support partners, like my friends at home, my mom, they take it as a, as almost like a, it's something that I take very seriously that they, when they have to take care of me, like I'm not an honor, like, cause that makes me sound like I'm a queen, but it, it's very, I think it's just something that's really cementing of the relationship that you have with that person. So I don't, and I don't frankly want to be taken care of by someone who doesn't invest that and doesn't understand that. Um, so it's something I struggle with because I don't know that on a day four or five, I can say I have to go home really early. And I have done that before. And it's, it's kind of in the last I've heard from them. 
but also like I'm 30 and I don't want to stay out till 1am. So I'm all, I've always kind of been that old soul anyways. I want to be home. You're an old soul. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do you have any advice uh, for other young adults who are living with MS, things you've learned along the way that you just want to pass on? So I would say that this is a hard one for, for a lot of people because I know that holding this um, disease close to the vest is very important to a lot of folks. And I push back a little bit about, against that um, because I have found such vulnerability and openness to when I do share that I live with this disease. I'm not speaking about when you're disclosing to an employer, just to be completely um, clear uh, in this and transparent, but speaking with, you know, new friends or um, possible mates, I have found such blessings in, you know, finding the appropriate time and talking to that person about it. And yes, I'm still single. So it hasn't all, and I don't think that I'm single because I have MS. I think that you share these very sacred parts of yourself with someone. And when they are able to accept and understand and work with you on that, it goes both ways because there's going to be a time in their life when they're going to need you to accept their differences and their changes and their stumbling blocks as well. I can't tell you how many times I have said something about living with MS and that has brought in so many conversations about, Oh, I'm really struggling with depression or I've been really struggling with um, this new diagnosis of this really rare disease. Can we talk about this? Um, One of my very best, best, best friends that I made in the last um, two years, this is really funny. We actually met on a dating app and we um, realized very quickly that he said, he said like, Oh wait, I think I know who you are. Um, You're the girl with MS. And then he went through this whole thing and he said, I know this is really weird that I know this about you, but I was diagnosed with MS when I was the last two years. um, And I looked up Northwest Arkansas, multiple sclerosis and your name popped up because I didn't know what to do because I was somebody in my twenties that had MS. I'd never heard of this. And turns out he actually didn't have MS. He had another autoimmune disease, but that has been one of the most, one of the dearest friendships of my life. And we have seen each other through struggles and we have seen each other through really intense times in the last couple of years living with these diseases. Um, and it's just funny and ironic how that worked out because I, I know of so many other times where it's been non-dating and where it's been being open about, you know, what's actually happening to me that day. And either, either within my happy hour friends or my book club or even in dating. And sometimes it doesn't work out dating wise, but sometimes it does allow that person to know that I'm open to, to what you are dealing with too. I know that we all have struggles. Nobody's out there, no matter what Instagram might tell you, nobody's out there living this perfectly polished, filtered life. So, Well, thank you very much for sharing so openly with us and and giving such good advice to people. I think you have a gift for um, sharing yourself and bringing out the best in other people. Make sure to catch our next episode in the Young Adult series. You'll hear more from Channing and Roz again as they continue their discussion, this time focusing on resilience. And a huge thank you to all of our sponsors who make podcasts like this possible. We'd like to thank Biogen, Celgene, Genentech, Sanofi Genzyme, and Novartis for sponsoring the Young Adult series. 
For other great resources, check out our website, cando-ms.org. We'd specifically like to recommend the Young Adult Webinars. Mm -hmm.